And uh, so there is not that transition of if you have your Bibles, we're going to go into it a little bit different today. I was, I was studying and I was reading. I told you last week, I like unusual facts. I like unusual things. I like unusual information. And I came across an unusual story uh, that really it helped me to understand something about the history uh, of this country just a little bit. But on, uh, in this story, it, it told the story about a certain individual, a certain individual that was born uh, on December 25th, Christmas Day of 1878. He was born in, uh, and it's very difficult, difficult to say, it's got a little bit of a, a French uh, it's a French word, so it's going to be diff- difficult for me to say. But he was born in La Chaux de Fonds, Switzerland. That's easy for you to say, right? La Chaux, I believe, La Chaux de Fonds, Switzerland. If that's not right, if there are any French speakers in the house, I apologize for my butchering of the language. A, uh, but he was born 1878, December 25th, in this town, small town in Switzerland. He was uh, born to a family. Uh, a large family. It was a family of nine, and they moved from Switzerland to France whenever he was nine years old. Uh, he dropped out of school at 11, like so many people of that time did, um, and he became, uh, through the trial of the time, he, he started to excel in mechanics, and he became a good bicycle mechanic uh, and even began to race them, began to ride and race those bicycles that he that he started to work on. So he began to excel in mechanics, and uh, ultimately he moved to America in 1901. Moved to America in 1901. Okay, everybody's coming over to America. The, uh, the rush is on to the west, to America. So much potential, so much promise. So moved to America in 1901, and he moved from job to job, increasing his mechanical knowledge. He was doing something uh, in, in the field that he loved and uh, began to get smarter and smarter and excel even more. Uh, he eventually landed um, in a racing division in this company called Fiat. How many of you have ever heard of that car company called Fiat? Uh, he landed in the racing division of this company called Fiat. And that's where he really began to shine. Whenever he got among some really intelligent people, some really good engineers and mechanics, he really began to shine uh, in his own right. He began even to design and build incredible engines for this early time, this primitive primitive time in the automotive industry. He began to design and build his own. He also began to race. He began to excel in racing. He was a fearless, a fearless race car driver. He was a natural, as it were. He, he was a very strong person, very robust, and he had the, he had the strength and the stamina to, uh, to race cars in this primitive time because back then, it was, if you were going to race, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't very smooth at all. It was, you were basically trying to manhandle this steel beast as you propelled it down the road, and there wasn't a lot of power steering back then, so it, was, it took a lot of strength and stamina. His, rebu- his reputation and success and mechanical genius began to spread around the industrial and financial world. He became... He became famous. He, his reputation and success became known far and wide, eventually catching the eye of a businessman by the name of William 
Durant, owner of Buick Motor Company and a founder of General Motors. So with this partnership with William Durant, the young man born in Switzerland to a poor family created a company that would change the auto industry forever. How many want to know who it is? Some some of you may know. No. This man's name is Louis Chevrolet. Yeah. Louis Chevrolet. That's right. Speaking French. Founding the Chevrolet Motor Company in 1911. This man who was born to a, uh, a poor family in Switzerland founded the Chevrolet Company with the... Uh, the help of William Durant. Unfortunately, this young, naive genius, as it were, from Europe, wasn't prepared for the cutthroat world he was now a part of. The cutthroat world of early American capitalism, if you could call it that, and the businessmen and the sharks and the wolves of that time. He wasn't prepared for the wolves of Wall Street wasn't prepared for that cutthroat nature that he was now in the company of. He was now in the company of some ruthless, ruthless people. So, long story short, there were some disagreements, of course. There were some disagreements, as there always are, uh, about the focus of the product, of the product of Chevrolet Motor Company. Now, while Louis was taking some time to visit family in his original home, In Europe, the wolves do what wolves do. They begin to scheme, they begin to manipulate, and they removed Louis Chevrolet from any involvement and any ownership of the company that bears his name. Taking the fame, the prestige, taking all of that importance that is associated with the name, but leaving him with nothing in return. The company went on to explode in popularity. Now, whether you're a Ford man or a Chevrolet man, it's, that's, that's beside the point. Chevrolet uh, began to explode in popularity as a company. And they went on uh, to create icons. The sales began to explode. The popularity uh, began to explode. And they, they created those icons that everyone knows, like the Impala the Bel Air, the Camaro, and of course, my favorite, the Corvette. What was funny about that? That's a good car. While Louis Chevrolet died broke and bankrupt. It's a shame, right? It's a shame. Somebody who was a genius, who had so much vision, so much much potential, and so much exceptionalism, died broke and bankrupt because of the wolves of Wall Street. He nor any of his family or any of his offspring would enjoy the financial success of the company that bears his name. If, if Louis Chevrolet could have been a wolf, if he, could, if he could have just been a wolf instead of being an being so innocent and so naive. It's a shame, right? And unfortunately, all throughout history, if you're a student of history, you see story after story after story 
of people who were naive being led to the slaughter because of the wolves. Because of the wolves that are ever present. So I'm speaking to you today on this subject, the wolf, the lion, and the lamb. It's the wolf, the lion, and the lamb. The wolf, the wolves, manipulative nature. Oh, the power, the power of a wolf. That devourer, that manipulative carnivore that just wants to come in and destroy and devour and tear and rip to shreds. The power of a wolf. Who can stand a chance? Who stands a chance against a wolf? Who can stand? It doesn't matter how smart you are, how even though you, like Louis Chevrolet, may not have gone on to a great education, you were a genius in your own right, but you still didn't stand a chance against the wolves. You still didn't stand a chance against the devourers that are ready and willing to pounce upon you and take everything that you have. You don't stand a chance against that. Even in our own country today, you see it all around in the news. If you can trust the news, that is. You see everything all around going on and I don't know 100% everything that we see is even true because it's, it's interesting that in this country there are 1,500 newspapers and there are 1,100 magazines and there are 9,000 radio stations and 1,500 TV stations, 2,400 publishers and they're all owned by six corporations. They're all, all owned by simply 272 executives. Wolves. Wolves among us. Wolves appearing as sheep sometimes, but wolves nonetheless that want to, want to take from you, want to rip from you, want to pounce upon you, and all the while with a smile on their face ready to devour you and take everything from you that they possibly can. It's all the more meaning, all the more... Uh, the scripture that I'm getting ready to read just comes to life all the more whenever I read it now. Matthew 10 and 16, understanding this, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves just takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it, whenever Jesus said, I'm sending you out now among the wolves. Now you know that there are wolves. Or do you know that there are wolves? Uh, maybe you should be aware that there are wolves. Maybe, maybe we need to preach about the wolves a little more often, but you need to be aware, I'm sending you out now among the wolves. And the wolves do what wolves do. They will pounce. They will devour. They will tear. And they will steal and destroy. But uh, nonetheless, I, I'm sending you out among them. Well, thanks a lot, Jesus. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot for, for throwing me out there in, among the wolves. I, I, know that, I know that somebody naive and somebody, somebody innocent, they, we, how do we stand a chance against the wolves? Sending you out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I mean, come on. What, can we, what are we supposed to do about this? I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, well, this is something very important. Be wise 
Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. When you go out among the wolves, you need to recognize that there's wolves. When you go out among the wolves, you need to understand who the wolves are. When you go out among the wolves, you need to have a sense of discernment about you to recognize who the wolves are and who the wolves aren't. When you go out among the wolves, you need to recognize with a sense of discernment that sometimes the wolf might look like a sheep and sometimes the sheep might actually be a wolf. Therefore, be wise as serpents. Oh, but here's the kicker. Harmless as doves. Well, how am I supposed to fight? How am I supposed to resist if I'm going to be harmless? If I can't do any damage to the one that wants to destroy me. So here we have in our, in our scripture here, the sheep, the, the sheep, the lamb, is a, is a perfect example, a perfect picture of innocence. A perfect picture of innocence before us. And we understand as students of the word of God, we understand that Jesus is our lamb. He is that innocent lamb, the perfect picture of innocence as it were. He is our lamb. Our lamb. He is our sheep whereby we are to clothe ourselves. Behold, I send you out as me, he's saying, in the midst of wolves. Behold, I'm sending you out. Did you catch that? As me, in the midst of the devourers, in the midst of the wolves. But here's the, here's the thing. I'm sending you out as me, but I don't want you to be naive. I, I, don't want you to be, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be naive. I want you to be wise as the serpent was wise. But I don't, I don't want you to do harm like the serpent did. You're painting me into a corner here, Lord. What am I supposed to do here? You're you're tying my hands before I even get started. I mean, you're sending me out, and then you're telling me this, and then you're doing this. It's back and forth. What's the the deal here? I I want you to go out. I don't want you to be naive, and I I want you to be wise as a serpent, but I don't want you to do harm like a serpent does. I want you to be wise like the serpent but I want you to be harmless as a dove. Harmless as a dove. What he's saying is, I want you to be harmless as the Holy Spirit. I want you to be harmless as the Holy Ghost. I want you to be wise. I want you to go out. I want you to go out as a lamb. I want you to go out as me, but I don't want you to do any harm. I want you to be smart. I want you to be savvy. I want you to be alert, but don't do any harm. Don't, don't do anything that, don't deceive, don't manipulate like the serpent would. Don't do anything like that. What I want you to do as you're going out intelligently, as you're, as you're going out savvy and smart, I want, you, I want you to go out as harmless as the Holy Ghost. I want you to go out as harmless as the Spirit of God. Be harmless as the Holy Ghost. So how... How do I battle the wolves? How do I do it? How do I, how do I battle the wolves? Verse 19 and verse number 20. Let's bring that up if you, if you can. How do I battle these wolves? 
you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake and as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Verse 19. But when they deliver you up, do not worry. Do not worry about how or what you should speak. Have you ever felt like that before? I, I just, I'm inadequate. I, I can't, there's no way if I'm thrust into the, this position, I, I don't know that I'm going to have the words to say. Well, God's saying, don't, don't worry about that. When you go before the wolves, whenever you are out among the wolves, whatever the wolves may be, wherever the wolves may be in your life, whether they're in business, in, in working your daily job, or on a large national scale, uh, don't worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Bring up verse number 20, please. For it is not you who speak, but, of the, but the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. So how do I battle the wolves? How do I battle the wolves? You don't. I do. He's telling us right here, you, you don't battle the wolves. I'm going to battle them for you. If you put me on, if you clothe yourself with me, if you go with a mind and an eye of discernment recognizing the situation that you're in, but you're harmless, you remain harmless, well, guess what? I'm, I'm going to battle for you. I'm going to be the one that does the harm. I'm going to give you what to say. I'm going to fill your mind and your mouth with words to say. I'm going to speak through you. But I don't want you to harm because I'm going to harm. I'm going to fight. I'm going to be the one that battles the wolves. He's more. I preached about Jesus last week and I'm preaching about Jesus this week just in case you haven't followed me up until this point. He's more than just a lamb. Jesus is more than just the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He's more. He's more than just a lamb, an innocent lamb led to the slaughter. He's so much more than that. Revelation 5, 4 through 7. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when you get your little bit of sing-songy preach on right there. And whenever you start talking about the lion of the tribe of Judah, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood not a lion, stood a lamb. As though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Isn't it amazing right there in the scripture? It, right there in the scripture, it's amazing how this is a perfect picture of our Jesus Christ. You can look at him one minute and you see a lion. And you can look at him the very next minute and you can see a lamb. This is a lion that can change back and forth from lion to lamb. 
depending on your circumstance. We're clothed. We're clothed in this lamb. But when we're out among the wolves, this clothing that we have on, this covering that we have that is Jesus Christ doesn't just stay a lamb. He has the ability. He has uh, not just the ability, but He has the imperative uh, nature that he will, he will transform Himself according to your circumstance from a, from a lamb to a lion. He can transform himself from that lamb that is so innocent and so peaceful. He can transform it. Not that you're changing the nature. Not that you're changing the nature whatsoever because you are going forth in the peacefulness of the Holy Ghost. But he, in his majestic knowledge and royalty, he is the one that will transform himself in your life. He is the one that will transform himself from lamb to lion as the need requires it. He is the one that that will say, now I'm going to go to war on behalf of you. It's time to roar like a lion. I felt the Holy Ghost whenever I was reading this scripture this morning. It came upon me in my office this morning just as I read this scripture. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's great. That's awesome. But then whenever I turned to look, I didn't see the lion. I saw a lamb. It's this Jesus Christ that I'm preaching about. It's this Jesus Christ that is the only saving name. It's this Jesus Christ that I preached about last week and I'm preaching again about this week. It's this Jesus Christ who has this unbelievable power to transform Himself in your life and upon you as your covering from lion to lamb, from lion to lamb, back to a lion, back to a lamb. He has the ability to do whatever it is you need done in your life. How do I go out into this world? How do I go out into this manipulative Western society? How do I go out among the government officials that are so deceiving and so wolf-like? How do I go out among them? I go out covered in the Lamb of Jesus. And whenever He wants to turn into a lion, it's your prerogative, Jesus. Do it. Do what you want to do when you want to do it because I'm going forth the way you asked me to. It's a lion. No, he's a lamb. No, he's a lion. No, he's a lamb. Transforming himself. If you're covered with him. If you've been baptized into him. So confusing a, a, a lot of times, and I'm sorry if we misdirect and we and, and and we don't explain things perfectly. But whenever you go down in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and you were buried with Him in baptism, you're not you're not only just being buried with Him, you're being buried and baptized into Him. You're being buried and baptized into Him. That means He's putting Himself all over you. He is, he, he is covering you. You're going now with the covering of Jesus Christ. You're going now with the covering of the Lamb. You're going now with the covering of the Lamb that can transform into a lion. We're clothed in the Lamb instantly become
And I want you to understand a wolf is no match for a lion. There's not a wolf in this society. There's not a wolf of Wall Street. There's not a wolf in this world that is a match for the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is not a wolf in this world that you will stand before. There is not a wolf in this government that you might be brought before. There is not a wolf in your job, in your career, in whatever business arena that you are in. And there is not a wolf in your family that can stand before the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is not a wolf that can stand against a lion. It is a lion like none other. It is a lion like no other lion. It is a lion that can be a lamb when he needs to be a lamb and can be a lion when he needs to be a lion. Can you say amen today? Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus, for your power. Thank you, Jesus, for your covering. Thank you, Lord, for covering with, covering us with your precious nature. I was speaking last week and I was speaking about the Spirit of the Lord and how He was moving upon me and how He moved upon me last week to come in and shout His name. To shout His name. Did anybody do that this week? Did anybody feel that presence come upon you this week? Anybody feel uh, the presence of the Lord come upon you this week and ask you to do something unusual like that? Was there anyone in the house today that entertained the Spirit of the Lord this week and allowed yourself to be stretched just a little bit by doing something a little differently than you've always done, by allowing the Spirit of the Lord to direct you and to, to do something through you that you may have never done before? I, I, I hope so. I, I got some testimonies this week. Somebody texted me and said, I came in and I felt like just doing it and instantly the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. Instantly the Spirit of the Lord came in, came upon me and that's what we're asking for. That's what we're longing for. That's what we want as a church of the living God. We want the Spirit of the Lord to move when it's time to move. I don't want just some, I don't want just some scholastic, uh, scholarly, biblical studies of times past or of uh, uh, middle age Christianity. I want a living Christianity in this day, in this hour that is appropriate for this moment. I want Jesus as the lion and the lamb on me right now. I want him to move whenever he needs to move. I want him to move me whenever I need to move. I want to move whenever He's asking me to move. I want to speak when He's asking me to speak. I want to be silenced whenever it's time to be quiet. I want to do what He's asking me to do. If it's time to stand before someone, close my mouth and let Him do the speaking, I'll do it. If it's time for me to stand before someone and shout the name of Jesus, I'll do it. If I come into church and I need the Spirit of the Lord to move and He's asking for me to shred the atmosphere and start moving Him, I want to do it. I want a living God. Moving and operating in my life, in this church, and in this area. I, I want him moving. I want him moving in this country. I want him moving in this world. He's doing a work. Judgment is coming upon this world very soon. What we need for this world during this time of grace and time of mercy is for the lion and the lamb to move upon people according to how he sees fit. We need the lamb to move upon people's behalf that needs salvation. But we also need the lion to move upon those wolves that are trying to destroy, trying to divide, and trying to devour.
the wolves, the wolves will destroy, the wolves will devour, the, will, the wolves will rage. But it's the lion, it's the lion that can defeat the devourer. It's the lion that can defeat the wicked one, the wolf, or whatever the wolf is. It's, it's the lion. It's the lion that can fight our battles, but it's the lamb also. It's the lamb also if it's going to save you and it's going to save me. It's the lamb. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the revelation of who you are. Continue. Continue to show us who you are, how complex you are, how inexhaustible you are, how great you are. Reveal to us your truth. True oneness, God. The oneness of God that goes so much further than just the mighty God in Christ. There is much more to the oneness of God than the mighty God in Christ. There is a oneness that comes upon and through all of us when we're in Him that we cannot even, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. If we are the bride of Christ, if a groom and bride are one, what does that say about us and what our role is? There is only true oneness whenever we are in Him and He is in us and we are truly the bride of Christ and the oneness of God is finally realized. What are you saying? Are you saying I'm God? No, I'm not saying we're God. I'm saying we all are a part of the body of Christ. And the one, the oneness of God wants to be realized in us. The oneness of God wants to be realized in you. The oneness of God wants to be realized whenever you sacrifice your desires, whenever you sacrifice yourself, when you, when you sacrifice your heart and your intentions and your motivations and your ego, when you sacrifice yourself and you put Him on. That's when the oneness of God is realized. Whenever you start to walk before the wolves, understanding I'm among the wolves now, and you start to understand, I can't say anything that's going to fix this. I need Him to say. I need Him to speak. I need the lamb and the lion to be evident and manifest. I need the oneness of God in me. Not just a Bible study. On Wednesday. Not just a 12 week Bible study of his oneness. And understanding the mighty God in Christ. I need to understand the mighty God in Christ. And I need to understand me in him. That's the, reason we, that's the reason we preach so fervently about baptism and repentance and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason we preach this. We don't preach it to be dogmatic and hard on people who have never heard this truth before. We preach it because we need, we need the oneness of God to be realized. And the way it's realized is through us. Repent of your sins. Repent of your arrogance. Repent of your ways. Repent of your desires. Repent of your carnality. Repent of your nature. And be baptized in the name of Jesus. Into Him. And be filled with this Spirit. So that you can take on the nature of a lamb. So that you can take on the nature of a lion. So that you can take on the nature of an almighty God. That can speak through you among the wolves. That can do through you. 
what He wants to do in this last day. How are we gonna? How are we gonna reach the world? How are we gonna do it? A world full of wolves. Well, I just got, I just got, I just got news for you today. This world is not full of just wolves. There are some people out there that are hungry for God. There's not just wolves out there ready to destroy. There are some wolves, and we need to understand who they are. But there's some people out there ready to be harvested. There are some people out there ready to be to ready for fellowship with their God. One more time. Time. There are some people out there that we need to go before them as, as the lamb, as the lamb, ready to help them to receive the covering that we have received. I'm preaching with passion today as best I can. I'm preaching with a passion for this world while all the while understanding that there is a world full of wolves. We need to understand that there's a world full of people that need to be baptized into Jesus. I'm not talking about a baptism of guilt. I'm not talking about just a baptism of guilt where somebody pressures you into being baptized in the name of Jesus and you have no clue what you're doing. I'm talking about an understanding when you repent of your sins and you're baptized into Him. You're baptized into His body. You're baptized under His name. Then you take on His very nature and His Spirit without hesitance, without resistance, will fill you so that the oneness of God can be realized. I want to understand your oneness. I need to understand your oneness. I need to experience your oneness. I need to be in your oneness. I need to be in your oneness. I need to be a part of the body. I need to be the body. What does that mean? No, what does it mean? What does it mean for you to be the body? I can't be the part of the body that you can be. That's what it means. You've got a role to fulfill. You've got a role and a part of the body that I can't be and that Brother Bill cannot be and different ones cannot be. We need you and we need others to help fulfill the oneness of God by being the body of Christ. That means we all have a job and a responsibility to do and we all have things that we need to develop and grow into. We all have things that we're supposed to allow to come to fruition so that the oneness of God can be realized in us. As we all stand. wolf oh the wolves yeah they're there the wolves yeah they're there and I'm aware that they're there I know that they're there I know that the wolves are there now if the musicians are getting ready to come don't be scared just because I said wolves are there and you're afraid to step out I'm not calling you wolf. I could see the hesitance that the wolves are there. No, I'm not going up. No, the wolves, they're there. The wolves that are there to destroy and to devour. The wolves are there. But it's a wolf that can't stand a chance against this lion, against this lamb.
Philistines can't stand a chance against this one. That's why it's so important for us. So important for us to be baptized into him. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what we're talking about week after week. That's what we're talking about so much. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be baptized into him. Take him on in the name It's the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. I challenge you, find another name where you can be saved. I challenge you to find another name. I challenge you to find a place where anyone is baptized in any other name or in any other way. It is the name of Jesus that allows the Lamb to become alive. Why don't we lift our hands right now and begin to love Him. Jesus, help us to understand. Help us to understand Your oneness. Help us to understand who we are in You. Help us to understand the proper role of the Spirit and the proper role of the Lion and the Lamb. Help us, Lord, to go with discernment into this world, recognizing those that want to do harm, but also recognizing those that don't want to do harm. They need to find a way to You, and we want to be that Lamb that helps them find their way. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I long for you. I desire for a moving of your spirit. I desire for you to baptize us with a spirit of love. Baptize this body with a spirit of love like we've never known before. Baptize us with that spirit that's going to help us. Please respond to the word of the Lord. Begin to speak to Him. Begin to love Him. Begin to receive Him. First, repent. 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 I repent. I repent, Lord. I repent of my preconceived notions. I repent of my preconceived ideas. I repent of my religious nature that's put you in a box and relegates you to something else that you're not. I repent of this. I repent of my theology that has instantly started to limit you. I repent of my understanding of you that has instantly uh, narrowed down who you are. I want to know you. We want to know you, God. Apostolic Lighthouse, we want to know Jesus Christ. We want to be in Jesus Christ. We want to be covered in Jesus Christ. Proper spiritual covering, Lord. We must understand from the beginning, you 
set up and designed covering. You have ordained covering and proper covering. Help us to understand that in these last days. That we must be covered. We must walk in covering. We must walk and live and breathe in proper covering. We want your covering. I work and I strive and I, I, I pray and I'm, I want to make sure that I'm the proper covering over this church as you've designed it. I want to make sure as the pastor of this body that I'm the covering that you called me to be. But we also, Lord, we want to make sure. We also want to make sure that all of this is covered by you. All of our labor, all of our work, all of our endeavors, all of our relationships, everything is covered by you. Without your lordship and your covering, we're lost. Doesn't, how, doesn't matter how much theology we understand. Doesn't, how, doesn't matter how much we've experienced in you. It doesn't, none of that matters. If we're not under proper covering. open for anyone that wants to pray today who wants to speak to Him wants to repent of your sins and wants to make sure that you're covered by Him this altar is open Jesus covers us